Hello and welcome to the Tech Lunch Podcast, where we encourage our listeners to learn something new about tech every week. This can range from learning about new and exciting applications to the advancements in coding and technology. If you are always learning, you will always be a step above the rest. Take the time during lunch or during a break to listen and learn, kind of like a lunch and learn, but for the years. This podcast will open the listeners' ears to new and exciting technologies they may have not been purviewed to in the past. These topics will range from manufacturing technologies to data collection technologies and everything in between. Hello, I'm Nick. Hello, I'm Ed. Hey, I'm John. And, you know, this week we're, we got everybody back together again. And, you know, we always talk about, you know, 3D printing slicers and getting into cybersecurity and coding um, and, you know, like server maintenance and stuff like that. But, like, we, we know, and I think, I know we've touched on um, computer-based hardware before, just as a, as a like, a, a quick touch-off, I think it was, just as, like, a side conversation. However, you know, we want to kind of get into... What software do you? What what type of hardware and software do you need to have to get the job done? Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty much the topic for today. You know, is getting the job done. What hardware and software do you need? Um, so you know, we can break it down into different you know categories from you know the ITOT side of the house, cybersecurity cybersecurity side of the house, you know, server development and you know stuff like that, and you know also into the three D printing and stuff like that that you need to run. Like some of the machines out there now, you know, like your Cricut, your 3D printer, your vinyl machine that you're going to be running inside your house, your vinyl cutters, you know, that type of stuff. You know, CNC, little mini CNC machines. Yeah. Nothing too insane. You know, are we saying that you need to go out and spend money on a on a gaming rig? Mm, only on certain occasions. Or on a full server? Yeah, probably not. I'm getting a server rack of 128 gigs for one printer? Hey, no. <laughs> Don't judge. Um, <laughs> nah, I'm not pointing any fingers. Don't don't don't, get, don't give me any options. All right, I, I can still run OctoPrint. I'll just run on a big virtual virtual machine stack. You just have extra processing power. It's fine. <laughs> just say I'll never have to slice on a PC again. Yeah, right. Instant slicing. Instant slice. Instant slice. So you know, you know, come come into a server right near you. Instant slice. <laughs> <laughs> And your printer's in the rack as well. That'd actually be pretty cool. It's the Porto printer. Yeah, it's the slides on board. Cool. Pull some wheels on the back. Yeah, yeah Porto printer. That'd be cool, Porto printer. Uh, but no, you. So you, you've already touched on a few things. I mean, you could, there's so many different angles that you could, you know. Yeah. Different things we can hit. But. Attack. Uh, but like, I would like to start off with the basics. To be honest, like jumping off points is like, I just bought a printer. Is my printer safe? Is someone gonna hack into my printer and connect to it? Um, I mean, to be honest with you, there's no Wi-Fi, so you're fine. <laughs> yeah, so, on what printer you get, though. If the, if the person's inside the house, that might be a problem. <laughs> inside yeah. the facility, whatever. Uh, then they might be able to get onto it or print something that, uh, that you don't want printed or something like that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there's always things that you can kind of add on from the basic to, to, to increase security as well as increase... Um, I guess intellectual property too. Theft, a, I, yeah, I guess, is a, a thing one. too. Is it, so. So if I'm making something with a CAD software, um, how how comfortable are you or, or am I with the the safe the safety of that, you know, that file? Like if I post it on Thingiverse, does that mean everybody's gonna grab it and print it, and then now my I get no credit for my own intellectual property, right? Or is it something where it's very Secure. I mean, honestly, in the most most cases, you're not connected to that network outside. Yeah. When you first start out, you have what motherboard? You have um, that's pretty much that's the it. most. Yeah, the LCD that's board. That's the most advanced piece of tech that you're gonna um, have. Unless you go out and get like one of the printers that like the snap makers and stuff like that that have Wi-Fi on board. You oh, know, the bamboo. Yeah, bamboos. Um, even then, even then, you're so air gapped. At that point in time, because now you still have to have a VPN to get into your network. Mm-hmm. You know, now you're worried about an insider action um, if something was to happen. But, like you said, there's many ways to secure these things. Yeah. You know, and the, the best thing to do is remember that you must secure your own PC before you can secure the, the printer itself. That's a good start. Secure your own network. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I think the big thing is, like, we're, we're talking different levels of... Uh, 
like uh, hardware. So yeah, like, a, like bare, a, a bare bone system would be, say, a Enderpro three right out of the box. Yeah. So right out of the box, basically what you're gonna get is you're gonna get a uh, a motherboard. They call it, but mm-hmm. basically it's like a controller. MCU, yeah. 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 And that controller basically gonna have your drive circuitry for your steppers. You're gonna have some uh, circuitry for controlling the heat. It probably be some PID um, algorithms running in the background. You have interface mm-hmm. uh, possibilities with the um, LCD display, and then the uh, the other thing will be uh, the actual components. So you're gonna have yep. stepper motors. You're gonna have uh, switches that'll actually be the physical mm-hmm. uh, point that you use to say, "Hey, I'm at this this position." Mm-hmm. Uh, then you'll have some mechanical components such mm-hmm. as uh, you know your belts and your pulleys and so like that, so yeah. forth. But so so back to we saying a bare bone system. So with a bare bone system, basically, it's like getting a uh, a desktop PC, and that desktop PC basically has a home version of Microsoft, mm-hmm. so you would get a home version of Office. So that's basically what you're getting. So you're getting a base system that comes with a few pro. Well, I would say a, well, it has a few programs that are like yeah, it comes with auto home. It. Yeah. yeah, it the firmware is yeah. already installed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may choose to upgrade that, and that gives you some benefits to that. Uh, especially if you want to get off the ground and you know just start printing, say really advanced stuff, then you may you know say, well, hey. I want to uh, upgrade my firmware. Hey, I want to upgrade yeah. the springs to uh, make the yeah. uh, bed more mm-hmm. robust. Hey, I want to, you know what? I don't want to go and put this on an SD card and transfer back and forth. So yeah. I want to get, you know, an orange pie or I want to get something that I can use to do that interfacing with me. Or, you know, maybe you're a really, you know, mm-hmm. high tech guy and you use a server with a lot of resources and, you know, you say, hey, I don't want to use none of that. I'm going to use this. So mm-hmm. that that's that's some of the things when we're talking about hardware. That's, that's yeah. what we mean. Now, now, yeah. Yeah. now, I like the way you're the way you're heading with this. Okay. And I think this might be kind of an avenue that we kind of kind of stretch things out a little bit. Is okay. You talked about the beginner stack, which is the ender, right? So let's kind of keep divvying that up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have the beginner stack, the intermediate stack, and the advanced stack. Mm. Okay, most of us kind of know what the advanced stack is. Mm-hmm. However, what else goes inside that beginner stack? What type of PC do we need? What type of switching and stuff like that do we need if we need it? Yeah. What type of auxiliary hardware do we need to run a, a basic stack? Like your basic stack at that point isn't going to isn't going to take in Octoprint or take in Clipper or mm-hmm. take in any of that. You're going to go towards your has to be towards your, your, your medium to advanced or your intermediate course area, you know. And then, so, now if you're building your, your beginner stack, what type of PC are you going towards? Well, like I said, most of the time, I would assume today's uh, consumers have a laptop. Yeah. And basically the laptop would have your uh, slicing software, and you would basically take whatever um, model you get from Thingiverse or you create yourself and then that prepares that so that uh, it's uh, one, hey, this is, it conforms to whether you're using a Prusa slicer or Super Slicer, whatever you're using. Um, it conforms to, hey, this is correct. I don't see any errors in it. I don't see any gaps. Mm-hmm. I don't see any collisions that may or may not happen. And then, hey, here's the G code to go with it. Yep. You take that, put it on SD card, from your laptop, from your laptop you go to the 3D printer, there's a port that you can put the SD card in, you navigate to it, and Very then manual. you you hit manual and you select that uh, particular uh, uh, thing that you want to print, and you have a go at it. Mm-hmm. However. Those USB dongle things, you can break them things quickly though. But yeah. tell you that, there's right? a however. The however is, is you do want to pay attention no matter what the slicer says, to the to the first layer, yeah. You, the, the the biggest thing that I'm learning is the first layer is the most important part of the 3D print. Mm-hmm. If you happen to uh, have an issue with that first layer, you may not get adhesion, mm-hmm. and it may knock off the knock off yeah. the, the bed mm-hmm. itself, or you may get shifting that you don't see until you get to the you know the the later ends of that print, and you're like, oh man, it sucked. I spent 18 hours and yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. 
No, yeah, I was I was just gonna add because like you, you, so you broke it down uh, very well because like you're thinking about the device that I would need to get it going and and it is a very manual process like your SD card very physical uh, you have to be at the location like there's a lot of limiting factors that that, that are gonna force you and, and for, to be at the printer and for a lot of reasons a lot of people prefer that yeah that more intimate that lower level there's no chance it's connected to the internet. I yeah, don't have to. It's air-gapped. Yeah, so your only thing that's connecting to the internet is your laptop, and what you're downloading is, is only things from the secure website, Thingiverse, printables, uh, whatever your, your mm-hmm. choice is. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, you're not, I guess I guess the thing is, is as, as an advanced or, or as a beginning user, you're not going to be, most likely you're not going to be advanced in CAD modeling. No so way. you're not you're pulling other files. You're yeah, pulling yeah. other people's you're, things. You're using like Thingiverse. Exactly. Now I would like to add one thing. I I left out one step from the from the Thingiverse. Mm-hmm. I don't care where you get it from, whatever verse. Mm-hmm. You scan it before you put it on your PC. Before mm-hmm. you open that file, before you launch that file, yeah, yep. you scan it. You scan that file and make sure you have any issues. Mm-hmm. You just want to explore the right problem. That's, uh, that, that's true, too, unless the guy's savvy enough yeah. to put some... So, but <laughs> now, the thing is, yeah. is, 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 is that, you know, that, that brings me to the, the, the kind of the, 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 the point, the little kind of the, the, one, of the, one of the pieces of this is slicers. Like, I started with Kira, okay? That was the, 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 the first friggin', I guess you'd say, you know, gateway drug into, into 3D printing. You know, I think I've yeah. tried them all at this point. I, I even tried the one that the Ender, the Creality sends you, the Creality Slicer. I'm going to tell you right now that does not work. Yeah, don't Y'all, do, don't, 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 don't try someone else, all right? That, that is a big nope. Um, you know, that, that is about as big as a nope rope as a snake is for some people. I didn't, um, even, I, I didn't even open that file. I was like, I know I don't want this. I did, and the problem is it's built in, like, Java Beans. Which is like you know, so, it's, so it's like it's like it's it's like Java Swing, so it's like the old square characters, yeah. and you're like, am I clicking on something, or yeah. am, am I gonna like worry about having to click Clippy down the side of the yeah. corner for something to pop up because it feels like I'm back to Windows ninety five yeah. again, yeah. you know, or XP back to the actual good days of right. Windows. Well, I'm, um, I'm the crap that we got now. I'm just curious, like, what, how how old is that that Crucy? The, what version, like, like oh, the Creality one? Yeah, it's probably the, like it's probably like is that sli- one of the first ones. Yeah, or? it's like Slicer it's 3D, yeah. um, like version like 1.0s that's okay. still running on like Java Swing. And it's interesting okay. that they hadn't made any improvements. They don't care from that from that so time not, to now. Well, it's, it's it's batch. It's batch yeah. at that point. That the thing is, is most of the time they know people are going to change the the, the the slicer anyways. Yeah, just it's just curious because yeah. because what, what you're talking about is like the original the original. Word hacker meant that somebody was taking things apart to make it better. Yeah, tinker is, it, it, is, is know, a more you know, you know it's it's word. it's it's not um, like I could give you an example like a guy named Captain Crunch. <clears throat> they figured out how to take tones, and with tones they were able to compromise the phone system to make long distance calls. Mm. But they figured it out because they figured out the tones. It, it wasn't a malicious thing; they just figured it out. And that's the that's the thing what I'm saying about like these these uh, the progressions where we got to to where it started out. Hey, mm-hmm. here's a, here's an appliance that you can use to print these things. To people like, well, you know what? No, this is like a it's like a CRX. I can soup this thing up. Mm-hmm. And it's and and the people or the people in the hobby have driven the, the industry. The, the, yeah. the, the, the printer world. No, yeah, it's true because like at at bare bones inter, in, entry level. You don't need much. Yeah. You, you don't need much. And but the thing about, deeper, like, some of these slicers, ex, you know, especially, you know, we're talking about the, the beginner slicer. I'm not saying that the Prusa slicer is, is not a beginner slicer. You can, you, can, you know, bite me on that one. Um, <laughs> same thing as Super Slicer, not a beginner slicer. Okay. It's not that you're going to have somebody who's never ticked up a printer before and go, ooh, I'm going to use this. You know, unless you're using a Prusa or you're using something that requires that printer. Um, and you didn't use the smart idea and go buy an El Cheapo Ender 3 just in case you blow it up, you know. So, you know, and the thing is, it's secure is free on 99.9% of things out there. It's free. Um, and you can even do advanced things with Kira. Mm. You know, I don't know. What was your first? Slicer. Slicer. Prusa Slicer. I'm going to be honest with you. I Idiot. tried Kira, but, and I know that you'd like Kira because of Python. 
it, it uses the Python scripting and a lot of things. And, and it does, it is for the most part, it is pretty clean and it, and it is useful because it can do resin SLS printing as yeah. well as FDM printing. So like, I know I'm saying a lot of positive things, but at the end of the day, I felt more comfortable with how the information was displayed to me mm-hmm. in, in Prusa Slicer and, and moreover in, in spilling over into Super Slicer now. Yeah. It, it just, it made, it made so much sense to, to configure the application with mm-hmm. those pages that Cura, it just was like, mm, this is too much to learn. This here, it, it blends easily. I've already, I, I can intuitively go from this to this and get my job yeah. that I'm looking for. Like, I changed over when I, when I entered back into the hobby. Yeah. I went, you know, jumped in full force at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, two feet in. I, I started with Prusa Slicer because yeah. I said, well, I've already tried Cura once. It was okay, but there's a lot to it. A lot of lost words that just don't mean anything. There's a lot of little um, things. And a lot, and the thing is, is I, I think it, it, it's because the menus aren't set up correctly. Hmm. So, but that's my own, uh, you know, software testing background, OCD that kicks in, and it's not user friendly, and I kind of forget about that stuff. The quality of life things, it's right? Like if it doesn't, you know, move, when you come, when you, when you come like from, that. you know, system testing and you know, you know, um, software testing, so you kind of look at the usability features. Mm-hmm. And when something doesn't work, you get this like OCD like twitch. Mm-hmm. You're like, uh, uh, uh-uh, not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. You know, so, any of y'all who works out there in software testing knows what I mean. So, what'd you start with, Ed? So I started with the uh, um, Prusa yeah. slicer. That's what I'm still using. But uh, I was gonna ask you two guys. So when we were talking firmware, so firmware is 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 actually embedded in the hardware. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's something that you can change. So I was curious from you guys, why did um, say Marlin not offer the same capabilities at Clipper? Mm-hmm. What 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 makes Clipper so so much better far as end user yeah. usability, far as you know power? What, okay. what so that that moves us into the, our more or more okay, intermediate category. We we've officially left. Uh, beginner category, you know that that was, that was you know somebody kicked the back of the SLS rocket and darn thing head towards the moon, yeah. um, so with a vengeance, um, so intermediate category we start dealing with your bigger enders like your ender fives, your ender sixes, whatnot. Um, you start dealing with more complex printers. You start dealing with like your, some of your bamboo labs at that point. You start dealing with your some of your Prusas at that point. You're not really getting too big into the build-it-yourself kits yet. However, with those comes the fact that now you're kind of you're in the hobby for a little bit. You have a three D, you have a you have a Raspberry Pi lying around, and I'm going to load Clipper to it. So because I want a new firmware. However, the one thing about the 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 the, the Marlin side of the house is you can edit the, the Marlin firmware and reload it to do whatever you want it to. However, you're still dependent upon like Octoprint to kind of see what's going on. Um, while your Clipper is a software package, so you you can create your bin files. It's all written in Python, hundred percent open source. If I any questions about it, they can see the the, the code base. Um, I actually have the code base load up on my printer on my PC in there because I was looking at it, seeing how it was written. Just curiosity, you know, out of all things. Um, so it's a it's a um, it's a it's a package that's broken down to when you run your make menu config, you put in all of your MCU details and take that MCU detail and run it as a bin file. So and then you take that firmware bin.bin file and load it to your printer, boot your printer real quick. It'll load that bin file in while all the heavy lifting has now moved from your MCU hardware to your to your Raspberry Pi hardware. We have a little bit more core to deal with. And, and what's the what's the right. greatest benefit? Of no, that? I think that's it's, I think it, that it's just, the it's, that's the biggest benefit because it's it's the smoothing of data coming from one spot to another spot. So you're doing all of your slicing and your commands off in your reading of the G code on one p on one thing, and all the all their motherboard at that point is doing is just taking commands at that point. Yeah. It's you know G zero this G zero that, so it doesn't have to think while it's printing. So actually your so stepper motors are smoother. I think that's the at that point. point. So it's more efficient. It's more efficient. Yeah. It's, it's so basically what you're doing is is you're you're relieving the computing power of the motherboard or the yep. MCU yep. to focus on just the hardware. Right. Whereas the, the 
I guess the slicing portion of it is done in another, yeah. you know, CPU. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, is you can use anything. You can use Docker. You can use VMware. You can use anything that you like. I'm using CAN bus, but that's a whole other bag of nubbles. Um, so, but the thing is with that is that package also comes with systems called mainsail and comes with, or fluid, however you want to break it down. Mm. Moonraker is also on there, which is an API-based system that can actually, you can pull data out of your printer a little bit faster. Yeah. You can pull your logging details out. You can see what your logs are. You can edit your G-code files and stuff like that. They're right there on the front end. So it's more user-friendly. So would, it, would you say it's more suited for batch printing? So say, say for example, you want to... I wouldn't... You want to print... Uh, so for example, how would I approach batch printing from, say a uh, Prusa slicer with Marlin and say, I don't know, whatever, Super Slicer well, or or Clipper when I want to do multiple parts at one time. So I think I think I want to step, uh, before I get to that answer, I want to step back because I, I, I was kind of letting you guys, I mean, Nick did a great job explaining kind of the whole process around those things. The, ba- the, main, the main reason is like we, to get a printer in everybody's house. It can't be three thousand mm-hmm. dollars. No one's gonna buy that. Nobody wants that. They go get a used car. I don't, you're not getting a, th- a printer for that. No. So, to in order to get into everyone's house, everything had to be slightly degraded, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or you you kind of take out all the bells and whistles, like a filament sensor. Like, uh, you you can, you don't get a direct drive extruder. You get a Bowden tube because plastic's cheaper than metal. Like, so so those are some of the things. And and the motherboard was not left out in this matter. It definitely is underperforming, and yeah. and in that case, if you're minimally using it, absolutely going to be perfect. Absolutely not going to have a problem. Stay on Marlin. No one's going to know. Marlin is actually technically RepRap 2.0. It's yeah. a, it was it was one of the main the original firmwares. But when you step into the Clipper side, you're absolutely right. The batch printing is much better. You have visibility on your prints. Moonraker and, yep. and things like that. Views. You can you can get a camera connected. You can get MQTT set up, Telegram bots. So there's so many more. It's the, it's not only the upgrade or I guess um, redistribution of processing power because the Pi is going to be able to, to handle that much more than that than than the motherboard because the motherboard is technically it should just try to focus on the steppers mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to interpret code I'm sending to it. Well, it's, it's like a microwave. When you yeah. put in whatever mm-hmm. to a microwave, there's some predefined yeah. things that's there. But basically, when you hit the button, the microwave just does whatever you yeah. asked it to do. Right. It's not exactly. thinking about. Exactly. You know. So it gets it gets to a point where it's you, you are one of the limiting factors as well. So... How you use Clipper also can limit your features and how they how useful they are. Mm. You can have macros getting ran that you're not even using. Like for me, I've got bed tilt calibrated, and every time I run a print, it says I don't know what that is. But you know what? The print finishes. I don't got time to deal with that right now. We move on to the next step, right? It doesn't hurt anything. But but all it's doing is adding features. It's adding customizations, mm-hmm. and it's adding not only that. Sometimes it could be adding safety. Like like you, that's when I added the filament sensor, and now this processor. That may have faulted out on the first board, the 4.2.2, the stock one that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Now it's going to be able to be ran on the Raspberry Pi via Clipper, um, and and without an issue. You also get an e-stop button now. Yeah, yeah you get so you, you get a lot of you get a lot of functionality. You're getting quality control. You're getting mm-hmm. some some safety aspects, but it re- it reminds me back to the old days when um, processors were limited to a certain speed, mm-hmm. and then uh, everybody figured. Well, not everybody. It was it, we discovered overclocking. Yeah, we can almost say that basically it's the same type of tinkering. I mean, maybe maybe not on the same scale, yeah. but it's the same type of tinkering. It you know, the, the the consumers or the users yeah. got the hardware. They said, "Hey, this hardware could do a lot more than what <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what they said it could do." Yeah. So it's funny you bring it up because <laughs> it, it immediately goes into the next level, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm going I'm to say this. We, we, start talking, we start talking about Clipper and stuff like that. Like, I was a very, uh. I guess you could say, early proponent <laughs> of Clipper. Um, thanks for people at work. Um, yeah, we fought it for a little And I, like, I went straight. I was not sure what I will try it. You know, I don't, it's not going to bother me. I came home one day. I was bored. You know, probably had a beer or two. I'm like, you know, let's try this and see what happens. What's the worst that can happen? Well, um, 
the addiction begins. And then you start realizing I can tinker. I can now I can now write macros and change their code and do what I wanted to do. You know, woohoo! Little you know, things. you know, it's you get to the point where it's like, oh boy, you know, and you kind of continue on, right? Well, now John, on the other hand, you know, you're trying to talk him into doing clipper. I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. I'm stuck on. I like this stuff. Okay, we'll see how long this lasts. Then it then it then it turns out. Well, the problem is, he fought it for like six months before he goes, okay, fine, I'll try it. Yeah, I don't think I've gone back. And it kind of stuck because yeah. the front, the thing is, is you start getting that ease, that usability thing where you kind of that comfort, the comfortability. Oh my god! Um, I thought Octoprint was nice. I thought Octoprint was nice. Yeah, mm, it's better than Octoprint. Well, now you know. Now as we, you know, I, I guess we can um, slowly but surely progress into what we consider insanity, um, mm-hmm. which is your more advanced level uh, printers and printer types. You start getting into your well, Vorons, your Core XYs, your, you know, your 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 other types of, you know, the the full Bamboo Lab versions. Um, what is it, the Prusa XL now that's coming out soon? Yeah, that's gonna be insane. Mm-hmm. Um, they also got their resin printer they just came out with the yeah. SL, the S1S or something like that or S1. Yeah, and it, but it's that stuff that you know that's where Clipper is mandatory. You know, they don't you can't even build a Marlin for that. You can't do anything with that. You got mm-hmm. you got Clipper on the books, right? And, but the thing is, is if I go back to our to our intermediate side of the house, right? Um, you start dealing on your on your on your PC side of the house. It's the same thing. You don't really need something yeah. too heavy at that point, unless I would recommend going up to a possible gaming rig, a gaming laptop, because <clears throat> of the fact that now you're probably going to be building your own G code. At that time, you're going to start doing your own your own modeling. You're going to start yeah. running Especially modeling with software. The modeling. You, you're going right. to have to have that with modeling. Yeah. Like you know, I run you know software on my PC for you know my 3D for, for the AutoCAD mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Just stuff where I can kind of see you know kind of what's going on. You know, especially when I was building the the Voron. But the thing is, it's so you want to slowly but surely grow to a, a bigger PC. I'd say, you know, you you'd be happy right about 16 gigs of RAM. And a dual core, you know, I think, you know, it'd be easy. You know, you're not really talking anything too too hefty on the price book, on the price tag. Please don't try a Chromebook. Um, it's not going to work. We still haven't seen that even work yet. Actually, but they do have but that. It might, I mean. Well, I, I take that back. We got some web-based Tinkercad. You got, you got Tinkercad. You got, you got. Um, it's um, not going to be um, perfect um, either. <laughs> what is it? Oh. It's going to be a little um, janky. Cura is now web-based too on is occasion. It? Yeah. Um, well, we can see Ultimaker doing it. So you know, so you got that type of stuff that you can you can actually do in a in a um in a Chromebook. However, I want to recommend it. However, if that is your gateway, do it. Yeah. Um, just get into the hobby yeah. at that point. Um, so but as we get into your more, so you know, we kind of you know cruise through our intermediate stuff. Now we go to the um. You know, like I said, the Vorons of the world. Danger the, zone. The, yeah, exactly. The danger <laughs> zone. Well, think, think about this too while you're on that thought. So FDM and resin. Mm-hmm. Resin is a not a intermediate and is definitely not a beginner. Uh, yep. No, 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 no nope. not at all. So I'm saying like, I mean, even the material you use can be uh, more advanced. Now, ABS yeah. and some of the more uh, are fancy. Here, here's, here's what I think about, yeah, well, about the resin printer. Yeah, and, and <laughs> what I'm saying. It, and and, I, and I, I think this is going to extend to the, the conversation. You know, we're, we're, we're doing well on time right now, so we're doing actually pretty well. Um, is I think it's its, its own category. At this point, I don't think you really have a beginner, immediate, and advanced. I really think you know we got beginner, immediate, and and advanced. Then we start getting into your alternative three printers, like your your resin printers, new your methods. SLS printers, yeah. your, your your like you said, new methods. Mm-hmm. You know of three D printing. Well, I, I guess what I mean when I, when I say beginner, well, additive manufacturing. When, yeah. when I say beginner and intermediate, we're we're talking about somebody that's probably this is their first printer. Mm-hmm. They, they haven't they PEG. haven't changed many things. Yeah. They probably only done things like bed leveling mm-hmm. and simple bed leveling. They probably still have the knobs ah. and the, and the original springs on the on the three D printer. And then that these prob they probably are using you know Thingiverse. Mm-hmm. So they're probably not even generating their own CAD. Yeah. And so th- when you start talking 
resin. Resin is not, yes, it, it can be intermediate, but you have to have some experience with it because it is not the same as FD, FDM. Yeah. FDM, also, you just print it yeah. and take it off. So you, yeah, It's not the same with resin. Yeah, so but that's what I mean yeah, by yeah. it. We'll, we'll get to that. I think, I think we'll get to that category. We'll do a whole episode on resin printing. You know, well, once we get done with the advanced category, we'll go to into the into the resin side of the house mm-hmm. and you know, kind of tinker. Tinker in there for a little bit because that's where we have a little bit more safety concerns and stuff like that than what we're dealing with with a lot of bit. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, FDM. You know, for example, you know, it's like we, we did a blog post. You know, the, but you know the FDM is the future of manufacturing because technically it is. You know, it's just it's how it goes. You have FDM printers and that are running off of ABB robots. So um, I wouldn't count that as an advanced technique. Um, I would count that as an alternative. Um, just because it's absolutely insane. Um, so it's pellet fed 3D printers. Um, so in your advanced printers, you're talking about your, your borons, your core XYs, your, your D's, uh, that yeah. thing is, um, Delta, your deltas mm-hmm. is, is going to be, a, a, a definitely a, an advanced printer. Um, you know, if you start with a Delta printer, well, more power to you at that point. Man. You, you got, you got me on that one. I'd be impressed. Um, I want one. Um, I think they're cool. <laughs> yeah. Do you, how do you does level a move? circle? <laughs> um, you know, d- d- does it heat up in rings? Is it like Saturn? Um, you know, it's, lots of questions. We need yeah, one. We, we need one to tinker with. Yeah. Um, so, but the thing is, is you know, you can get the different filaments, and I think you know, at the beginning, you're talking about you know, PETG and PLA. You start getting into your intermediate. You start getting into say your 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 PLA, your PETG, your ABS, your TPUs. Um, and I think getting into your advanced, you're talking about your nylons, your nylon X's, your, your, your pets, your, you know, that type of stuff, you know, your, your outside the ordinary engineering based filaments. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, those are systems that require you to run, um, uh, the, the clipper, mm-hmm. uh, firmware stack. It's just, that's just, you know, how I see it. It needs, so... What what I've seen too is, is that when you go bigger on these printers. So let, before I get before I get into that actually. So let me I, let me explain a little bit more of why I would say that those printers are, are in your advanced level. The Voron, that's not a that's not a manufacturer that that says like like reality is this is the Ender three like Prusa this is the I three, like. Like all these other brands, they have a name, Anycubic, the Photon, like they mm-hmm. have names for their printers. Voron, that's 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 not a company it's that a manufactures it. They sourced a bill of materials. They said, You can buy these parts, you can put these together, here's a manual and and, and most of these parts can be three D printed. You this is up to you. Do do with this knowledge it's built by the people for them. Like mm-hmm. it, you this is use this knowledge how you will. And and to be honest with you, Nick Nick's got his actually moving and lighting up and, and grooving. Mine kinda caught fire, but I don't I wouldn't say a full fire, just start smoking a little bit, but it's we'll, burning off, we'll the get, off, the, off the oils. Let me just say my website connected. <laughs> so I am I am online. Uh printing, no. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, it's it's baby steps. That that's why I would call that an advanced printer, just because we had to build it from every nut, every mm. bolt, every extruded aluminum piece. As opposed I to had just to even, assembling a few parts. Yeah, I had to even like grind out new holes or, or drill out holes to mount things that weren't necessarily part of the main plan. So that is why I would say that is advanced, almost like past that at, at that point. Mm-hmm. But but the idea behind the the system core X Y. Or, or, or in, 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 in any matter, core, you know, core Y, mm-hmm. uh, core is uh, X, Z. There's, yeah, there's a that. whole bunch of things like that. But it's, so you start to think about what does that mean and why does that make it more advanced? Your standard Cartesian has the Y that's moving forward to, towards and back. So it's, it's, you think about like an earthquake uh, like example or, or, or tower that they kind of test it with where you have like a, a pile of sticks or popsicle sticks and it's shaking until it falls your print is doing that same thing and if you have it hollow it's going to keep shaking and then at some point it's going to peel off because it doesn't weigh much and if you have it heavy it's probably going to peel off because it's heavy You're, it's kind of 
it's stuck. The taller it goes, the, the worse mm-hmm. it gets because mm-hmm. you don't even out your density as you're printing. You can do that, by the yeah. way, but that's on an advanced level. You even brand. out your density. So, so that's the center that's of a mass. It's yeah. going to yeah. as you go and up. It's, it's going mass, back and forth. So instead of, instead of doing it like that, eventually it might get to a tipping point, right? That, that's a little bit you know, inefficient. The core XY, that bed doesn't move in any direction but Z. So it's moving up or down. So you're much more controlled with your center of gravity, your center of mass. When it's moving and the hot end is the only thing doing all the work. So for me, in my mind, that that's one reason why. Delta is another way you can explain. It's got some mm-hmm. crazy pulley systems in some type of triangle fashion that, that can kind of get to all points of the beds fixed on there. It's fast. Uh, like and it moves. And that's also a piece that I was gonna say is is that it, that the delta printers move, the Voron can print a benchy in five minutes. Not pretty. But you can say that that benchy is a benchy. You can tell it's a benchy. So at the end of the day, it's it's even pushing the bounds of, of the speed of creation as well. So that, mm-hmm. to me, is not easy to control because I've had to cut mine down to 75% in order to finish a print. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, otherwise, it's, it's going too quick for its own good. Right. And I think you get a little bit more accuracy, too, when you... Yeah. Like, sometimes you don't need... Uh, all those axes to move. Mm-hmm. You you can do the same thing with less axes. Creating turbulence. You know, yeah. and, well, I mean, well, I'm saving it, energy. It, I'm saving yeah. energy. Yeah, as well. And then I can also, maybe I want to add a, a conveyor. Yeah. Now I've, I have another axis free that I can add a conveyor when I'm finished that I can tilt that bed and, hey, shake that part off for me. You know, or knock it off. Knock it off. Yeah, I've seen a few prints that yeah. like have an arm that well, you that yeah. you can program some G code. Yeah. yeah, and and that's that's even more the advanced. NG code. Yeah. Well, you can you can add G code to where it's uh, actually you know um, cleaning your bed off for you. Yeah. Or or purging at a certain time, so you purge when you switch colors, uh, if you're switching colors. So. There's just so much more that you can do with it. It's it's when you get to that advanced level, it's it opens up so many more doors because you're then you can start worrying about multiple materials, multiple colors, like. Well, what about when you start going to dual heads? Yeah, there you yeah. go. Like you're changing out. I was, your, gonna, that's, I was gonna say <laughs> right, we some... should probably do a whole other episode <laughs> on alternative printing. Yeah, because, because I mean, like, it's crazy. I, I mean, we we saw uh, a. Uh, 3D printer the other day that had seven nozzles. Yeah. Yeah. It's like ridiculous. Because, like, the first thing that and, comes and to they mind. Use, they use, uh, what is it, like a bellow. Yeah, idea. it opens and closes. Opens and closes. Oh, so, so very. Yeah, the variable nozzle. Yeah. So, so that was the one when we saw that, that was, that's, that's game breaking. Now the one that's got the four different colors that come through the same extruder and spin that is coming now. Yeah, that that's Harvard's study. That yeah. that that was crazy because not only can you that that's like printing, but it also can put conductive materials in mm. parts of those tubes, and it can create resistors. It can create mm. like your electrical components. It could three D print those things instead mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. It's it's going to that that would revolutionize and that's why that's so huge for her to even be able to get it to spin on an axis like that and and twist it, incredible to me. But I'm gonna be honest with you, we could probably have a whole other episode about <laughs> just alternatives, like, just just like not even just alternative alternative applications of yep. of three D printing or or the processes because like and that's something that we'll, so we'll definitely cover because that's yeah. something that you know I think we need to cover. You know, as we look back at the at the shows, you know, the, the, the conventions that we've seen online and stuff like that, the ones that we eventually want to go to, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, it's just the, the stuff that they have there is absolutely insane. Um, you know, but and that, that brings me to an, another point when you start getting into more advanced work and stuff like that is the use of OctoFarm, you know, because you can use OctoFarm to control all your clipper printers together or all your Marlin printers together as long as you're running OctoPrint. Um, you know, and that'll allow you to control every one of those, send G-code every single one of those different printers, or send them to all the printers at the same time, mm-hmm. as long as they're the same printer. Yeah. You know, you, uh, don't, don't, don't be sending the, you know, a, 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 you know, my Voron 350 by 350 by 350, you know, print to an Ender, an Ender 3. It, it, I'm going to tell you right now, it ain't going to work. 
Um, you can try it. It'd be hilarious to watch it happen. Uh, it's going to try to get to that point, and it's going to click <laughs> until it thinks it's done. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, but the thing is, it's, but that gives you more control. It also, yeah. the thing is, is like Octoprint, for example, um, sorry, not Octoprint, but Octofarm, yeah. also has the ability to do like printer spool management. You know, what type of printer spools do you have? What is your cost per printer spool? And all this stuff kind of built into one open source application for people to use. So that's more or less on your advanced side of the house because then you can schedule those prints out mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, and then you can start using it where you only want to hook up like a server and a switch and hook everything up to the same switch. So now technically you're air gapping because you're no longer having to worry about Wi-Fi. You're hooking it all up to a, mm-hmm. a PC and then you just kind of remote into the PC from a hard line. Yeah. Or something like that to kind of see, you know, kind of what's going on. Um, so because in there, you know, 3D printing, I think air gapping is the next, is, is the thing, um, that we have to worry about, but also the fact that you can take key cloak from that SSO based system and lock out your, um, uh, your, uh, um, displays. Like mm-hmm. for example, um, that's one thing I like about Clipper is I can take Clipper and I can hook it up to an SSO and I can block out every single one of my Clipper instances with a use of a key cloak instance where you have to have username and password to get into them. If not, you can't get into that printer. So when you say SSO, you you talking single sign-on? Single sign-on yeah. or dual sign-on. Yeah, just so. Um, so, so you know, that or if you want to do like, you know, where you have to use the Google Authenticator, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a dual point type yeah. of system, that you know, to, to say, okay, cool, let me get my pen so I can log in. You can right. set all that stuff up and you can lock your printers out that way. Yeah. You know, guaranteeing that only people who, you know, if they work inside your building have access to those printers based on the fact that they have logins, mm-hmm. and, you know. And I'm assuming if you have a facilities, you have some type of uh, physical um, yep. security where there's going to be either uh, some pin code you put in or there's mm-hmm. going to be a badge you use to get inside. So mm-hmm. there will be a point that you have to go through. Yeah, there'll be multiple verify. layers of, of security yeah. before you get to your Get to your printers. Once it's you like, get to a facility, you know. It's like also the you know the big thing is is going into our world of ITOT type stuff is using Oishnet keys mm-hmm. to, to be able to log into your printer. So you can use an Oishnet key and it'll it'll you know set up that SSO mm-hmm. and points you to the direction you want to go in. Well, if you like Apple, you know Apple Sale uh, RFID tag yeah. that you can Apple do tag. some of the same Apple tags. You can yeah. do some of the same thing. And the that. RFID tags you can yeah. buy on Amazon, and build your own system for it. Yeah. If if that's your thing, <clears throat> yeah, you know. right, and it's like you know, if you send them to us, we'll do it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like also the other thing is is you know this is kind of like you know thinking you know more advanced ways of securing your stuff, like if you do have a core XY system, yeah. you use usually in an enclosure, right? If I want to lock that enclosure, I'm gonna use an RFID tag. Mm-hmm. So, so as long as I had to hit the button, it'll open up and unlock. I can open it up, and guess what? Now I don't have to worry about it anymore. And, and you yeah, can also use geofencing because you know one of the things with MF. A and yeah. you know MF two you know it's basically it's it's you know something you are you know and something you know you know so basically if you have a and something you have yeah. so basically if I have a phone and I use biometrics with that phone yeah. if I use geofencing when that phone is within range of that uh, printer then I can have access to it but yeah. if I'm not you know first we're gonna go to the MFA and the MFA gonna say hey are you allowed. Okay, where's your verification? Okay, mm-hmm. I sent you a code. Put the code back in so I can verify that you are. Hey, the geofencing said, that, hey, that this device is trusted. Yeah. And then it's close to the print. Yeah. Let you in. Yeah, that makes sense, too, because, like, for a lot of cases, that's the one problem is that uh, you're not making many accounts when you spin up that first instance of, of main sale fluid or, or anything like that. It's going to ask you for your account but then it's not going to ask you to create extra accounts and you're going to have to figure out how to use linux to, to make yeah. those right and then the other thing like nick and i'm pretty sure john is you have to be smart too like well, i mean you don't sweet, just you you, <laughs> you you don't that your edge of your network yeah yeah it's not to be left open you yeah. can you can have a dmz that's yeah. open but the device that you're using to connect to the network should be only going out. Yeah. You know, you know, it should be. I'm, We're blocked I'm by a VPN. I'm sending traffic out. You ain't bringing nothing in. Yeah. yeah unless exactly. it's blocked by a yeah. VPN. Yeah. So I'm saying, like, there are things you can do to be smart. Yeah. You know, take yeah, take and physically tie your your thing to that interest device. That's your Wi-Fi or whatever. Mm-hmm. Physically. 
configure your device so that it's secure and you're using the right type of uh you know standard so that you're not using some old like WEP or something yeah. and somebody's like hey you know it takes like two seconds to crack this so yeah. make sure your encryption is the right <laughs> encryption and be smart don't make your password, password? default password yeah I'll go, I gotta go change oh, my like password like you said password <laughs> pass, password password yeah or user user um, yeah I'm gonna have to go update my password oh even better <laughs> like I said use geofencing and get rid of the fucking password okay yep. Get rid of passwords. <laughs> Sorry. You know, it's either that or, you know, if you really want to get smart, freaking have it set up where there's a, you know, your all your stuff is on a handheld and you scan a barcode and it logs somebody in. Yeah. You have to be near the printer for that barcode to work. You yeah. know, it'd be set like an internal plant network, yeah. for example. You know, it's just, there's different things that you can get. You know, we start getting a more advanced category, you know, dealing with that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, we want to cover the little bit of your um uh resin printing or oh i mean we could talk about it i mean to be honest with you it's a it's a different yeah. animal <laughs> yeah it's a whole different animal so so resin printing or the printing that i'm doing is dlp digital laser processing so the sls is the standard way and it's using a laser and it's like etching it out and outlawing uh, with with you know uv rays a certain millimeter wavelength so that it cures the resin DLP is the whole screen is on the bottom is is 4K resolution 6K whatever your printer is and it's doing the entire level at once or that entire layer at once and constantly peeling that layer off up and then going back down to the next layer and over and over and over. So when you say, when you say the 4K what 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 exactly resolution is how, how do I when I'm looking at that what is what is that what do I see when I see 4K compared to okay. say um, if I'm looking at just P like just print PLA. So okay, so it's 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 very very similar to how I would compare HD TV and how it used to be 720p and 1080p. Okay. Um, so when you step up, it's it's got the the resolution of the screen has more pixels. So it's using that it's it's kind of piggybacking off of that ideal. So it's using those pixels to be able to create more detail. So pretty much when it's 4K resolution. It's the same as like you would say someone would say that 4K TV, mm -hmm. um, but this is like a three by five screen that's 4K, not your 65, 55 inch 4K TV mm -hmm. in your living room. Mm -hmm. It's just maybe one panel of that. Mm -hmm. So, so all that is 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 the resolution. And when I say 6K, 8K, it's just saying the resolution's higher. Resolution's higher. There's mm -hmm. more pixels. So it's ability to be more, you know, precise and and more, um, you know, intricate in its design. Is there? However, it's still always going to be limited by the print model, mm -hmm. the, the CAD model. So, is is does um, the speed of the uh, hot end compared to the speed of the, I guess, the laser? Is are those factors in how compact the model would be, See. or is just the nature of uh, FDM? Yeah, so, so yes, it is an H F FDM is always going to be inherently, I don't want to say inefficient, because like I think it's getting better and better. The more fine you can, especially with the variable nozzle, that's game-breaking, because to me, the gaps between some of your layers is a problem, and if everything has to be uniform, then some pieces are going to, you know, that need more support are going to feel a bit more stress and, st and, and strain, whereas if you can variably move that to make it a bigger you know, nozzle and give it more, you know, robust frame, then you're, you're, you're going to, like, pretty much fix that problem. So that's why I'm excited about the variable nozzle. But when you compare that to the resin printer, the in, inherently it's, it's smaller because it's, only, it's, it's pretty much only moving in one direction. Mm. It only has one single actuator, linear actuator. It's only moving in the Z direction. Mm. It, it, you, it's not so moving it's, it's yeah, building. Just straight yeah. down. Yeah, building. So it, it doesn't... There's not like there's no moving left right no no three axis like the three D is all there's two frames or two axes technically being hit because of the the frame of the the LCD screen mm. and then therefore you only need to do the Z direction to create the depth that you're looking for so when I but when I get into that is I don't want to categorize this as a beginner because mm -hmm. I don't think you should start out with this. People have started out with it, and I, I have some friends that have started out with it, and they're lucky that they had my phone number, otherwise they would have some problems. 
but at the same time, it's the reason I say that it's 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 I don't want to say the most difficult, the most advanced to step into. You're also playing volatile chemicals at that point. Well, number one, that's that's the piece that why I think that puts it past is the volatile chemicals. You can have you know resin like chemical burn. You can have um, you know. Um, irritable breathing, lung damage if you're inhaling some of this. Like, it's not good for you to inhale that plastic, the fumes from the resin, period. So you shouldn't be operating it in a closed room, and you shouldn't be operating it in a room without ventilation, period. Number one, you're going to start getting headaches and things like that. You should read your MSDS. Like, you should read that material safety data form or, like, whatever came with it. Proper PPE. Yeah, Mm -hmm. to be honest with you, because I was getting headaches because I started out, I thought I had enough ventilation. I had an air purifier. I had my gloves, and I had not a great mask, but it wasn't a respirator. Right. Uh, but then I started noticing headaches, and it's I'm still smelling that resin. Mm-hmm. So then I got a better respirator that has like a HEPA filter in it, and less less headaches when I'm working with those things. Because if you're working with longer prints, you're gonna be in there right. for a while. So it's, it's probably ideal to have some type of uh, exhaust system mm-hmm. that can evacuate or have a enclosure that mm-hmm. does those things with some type of fil- HEPA filter, like mm-hmm. you said. But what about supports? I mean, what's What's the difference in the supports, say, like when I'm printing uh, something in PLA and the supports, or are we even talking any supports when we're talking resin? Oh, so yes, absolutely you're talking supports. So there's there's plenty of points when, like, so I've watched the layers. Like, I've watched what the LCD screen displays all the way through. So when you slice it, it runs through the layers, and it shows you its, its picture of each layer at each given point. And a couple of things that I'm looking for are... Uh, artifacts or parts of the model that appear from nothing that aren't attached to a main frame of the body that are kind of like out in the open just kind of sitting there and whenever it would peel up it technically would be too far from the print bed to peel because it's not attached to the print bed because it was off away from the body and now there's nothing there to peel it up so when it peels up that's going to stay and the next print that's going to go there you're going to lose that entire arm and everything from that layer up of the model is not going to print because it's going to be stuck to the bottom. So without supports, you wouldn't have the full print. And the reason is, is it's an endless tug of war. So the print bed is descending down and, and the, the, the vat or where the LCD screen is at the bottom and it, they kind of marry at the bottom. It, it layers the uh, whatever layer it's on, hits it with the UV ray, and then a tug of war happens where the print bed peels it up and if at any point in that print, that print bed loses that tug of war, you've lost your print and it's a failure. And you have to, you're gonna have to fish out of the vat, mm-hmm. just old bits of bits of pieces of resin. But there's another process. Once you get a successful print, yeah, you have to go through like a, I guess a a pre-treating process. Yes. So so let's say we finish the print, right? You it, it's not like an FDM printer. It's not you can't um, peel it off and it's ready to play with. Like it's settled. No, you, with this, you should still use your gloves. Get it off your print bed. You should wash it with alcohol, uh, preferably ninety-nine per, uh, proof isopropyl alcohol. You should let it dry, and then you should cure it with UV ray. So nest, you don't have to do all these things um, with the like. So for me, I bought the I bought the AnyCubic Photon model. And, and it came and it didn't come with it. I, I bought the package deal with the wash and cure station. The station has a spinner. It rotates it around in a circle. I have a big tub that like it uses magnets to like spin the. Uh, I filled the tub with I, I, alcohol, by the way, and it uses it to spin that alcohol around my print, right? And then after that, I let it dry and I put on the same one and I change the setting and it just spins it slower mm-hmm. and hits it with the UV rays at the right at the right wavelength to finalize that final outer layer and also make it safe for, you know, human contact, your skin, mm-hmm. skin, to, skin, uh, skin, skin yeah. contact, yeah. So uh, I guess a uh, resin printer is maybe not, is, maybe I couldn't, can I print a part from a resin printer and put it on my, use it as a motor mount or? Oh, no. I, can I use it in a, in a 
Maybe for like an I RC think car. It would be, so I think that it's also the same <laughs> idea for like, uh, you know, FDM with TPU and, and PLA. Yeah. TPU is not the same as PLA. Yeah. But you use the same machine to make, to print the, the like the, I print a tire on PLA. It's going to be rigid. It's gonna, not going to bounce. Mm. I can print it with TPU. That's going to be bouncy. It's going to be flexible. There, There is materials in that are liquid um. that you can also do the same. Most of them are going to have like kind of a rigid, like... Mm-hmm. You know, okay. it's, it's like a crystalline structure more towards the resin when it's it's hitting that but if you have a, a, a specific um, mixture there are some like n90 n90 or something like that I can't remember the the is the that chemical. the nylon one or something like that? but yeah it's there's chemicals in oh, it okay. and the chemicals react in such a way that they act like a TPU as well and, and when I was saying motor mount guys I don't mean an actual car I mean maybe you know like a model that you put together. Well, you mean you don't want to be driving over with TPU motor mounts and yeah, just kind of well, see what I happens? I mean, it's possible, but we'll find out quickly, you know, that some... there, there are mechanical engineers in this world for a reason. <laughs> TPU, like uh, vibration reduction. <laughs> there you go. No, it, 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 you know, designed design yeah, for high heat applications. It's, uh, it's definitely a world of its own. Um, it's not without its caveats, caveats and, and its benefits, but at the end of the day, if you, it's it's gonna be twice, maybe three times the t- the process. So you have a ten hour print on an FDM printer. You snap it off. You let it dry probably or cool down, and you're done. You got a ten hour print resin. Then you're probably gonna have like forty more minutes of post processing, and then you're gonna need to let it sit out and dry, and then maybe you'll get to it a couple hours later. So, so <laughs> I, I, what I would like to do is, you know, because I know we're getting close to the end, but I just like to do like, just kind of like a. Throw out a caveat and let you two guys kind of grab it. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've noticed, and these guys have been doing uh, 3D printing a lot longer than I have. Like I said, I'm still uh, playing, much? playing <laughs> around with the uh, Ender Pro 3. Uh, I'm by fire. Well, I, I'm determined. <laughs> Mind you, I got these my guys, the first time, the first day he got his. These, so. these guys know what I, the statement I made, and what I'm trying to do. So I'm going to stick to that till I get it done, or until uh, I don't have a choice. But the, the question is, is when it comes to, say, FDM and when it comes to, say, resin, um, what I've seen, I've seen some people make some spectacular, like, cosplay masks mm-hmm. and, and resin. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some people do mm-hmm. some spectacular things with PLA making uh, statues. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and... For the most part, like PLA is yeah. what we're using for those type of things. So b- beyond that part of the craft, where do you see where do you see these two technologies going for a consumer? Say say, from the homebrew guy in the garage. Well, the thing is, is when you start dealing with like FDM and you start printing like PET G. And, you know, ABS, you can probably do it in PLA too, is, you know, like you talked about in the garage, you know, I like to, you know, spend a little bit of time down there, is like your um, um, tool cabinets. You can print dividers. You can print socket holders because if you've worked on a motorcycle, you've worked on any vehicle in the world, you've always lost your 10 mil. So, you know, have a spot to hold a couple 10 mils just in case because you're always going to lose those. Um, Eleven mil if you're in Japan. If, if you if you own a Harley, <laughs> that's the only socket you ever own. Because um, for some strange reason, everything on a Harley Davidson is a ten mil. Um, right. <laughs> right. It's just how it goes. But you know, like stuff for like the you know inside like clamps, yeah. for example. You know, yeah. it's like for me, it's like welding and stuff like that. You know, these like ABS clamps that I can get my hands on. If I melt it, who cares? Yeah. You know, I can. It, it's non-conductive. I can hold on to it and you know run a bead on it. But it's not conductive. I don't have to worry about that. But I can use it to, you know, if I'm doing using the chop saw or something like that. If something happens to it, oh well. It cost maybe yeah. 75 cents. Yeah. Let me go print another one, you know, real quick. Oh, yeah. oh I don't have a, you know, a, a, a level or a measurement tape for this to do this. Okay, let me go print off something real quick. Yeah. You know, it's that. It's the quick turnaround stuff for like stuff around the house. Mounts for TVs and crap. Yeah, hundred percent. I have a TV mounted with the print, printed ABS mount. Yeah, it's like your your curtain rods. Yeah, I got my yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> I got my curtains held up by 3D printed dragons. <laughs> and you know, it's like everybody. You know, you know, I know John has you know 
printed these himself, is, you know, you get some of those people out there who you get yelled at by your significant other about the, 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 the couch is like that, going to scratch the floor. Okay, so yeah. get some TPU and print out little circle things and stick it up underneath the the yeah. the um uh the furniture. Make it a slider. Size it down a little bit. Get a coaster. Yeah, that too. <laughs> so there's there's so many things. So like if you're if you're asking like where does the future look like it's headed? To be honest with you, I think that yet. FDM is is closer to what it, it's it's just easier for a wider audience. So if I, if I'm thinking that that's gonna be more of the more prevalent, like, I, I make what I need. Now, as synthetic resins and things like that grow, I have no doubt that FDM will be taken over by a resin or some type of uh, printing in that matter mm -hmm. because of the amount of detail. It can be that much more exact. Right. You've got Like your tabletop guys. Yeah. And what is it? Um, you and me were watching something uh, the other day on the YouTube. Adidas. Yeah, well, the, the Adidas one where they're making shoes. Yeah. Um, out so, of re so, out of the soles yeah, so. out, of, out of resin printers. But um, uh, Jamie, when he printed the entire Van Mandalorian mask. Oh, yeah. Um, that's printed out of resin. Yeah. A big format resin printers. Mm -hmm. You know, they are the way of the future, you know, at this point. There, there is another, but it's not a desktop yet. Mm. Power base. Yeah. Well, I, no, I, I think powder base, like metal, like a powder long, fusion. Well, just just powder resin. You know, we saw one today where they had a uh, <clears throat> manufacturing yeah. facility, and that was one of the things they had when they were doing components for people, and they were basically getting them into a certain spec. So yeah. if you can get the right powder, but like I said, that's not desktop. That's right. that's industrial. Yeah. I'm gonna say that's that that's what we will get into. You know, if we we're talking alternatives yeah. because. There's your the arc arc um yeah the arc wire yeah arc wire something like that yeah. welding so where they're making the spaceships and things like that oh yeah. it can get robust yeah. it can really get like very robust in, in what you're making so you, but, so you start going outside that spell that that that, that realm of but I think that the thing that I'm I'm probably more excited about is that is at least creating new makers yeah it's forcing it too it's and also it's, improving the STEM community yeah little by little. Because it pushes everybody a little bit. And, you know, I, th I think if we can improve the STEM community little by little, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make better engineers. Yeah. You know, we'll make new engineers. You know, people who are more interested in, you know, going to, you know, sending a, a human to Mars and, and beyond and, the you know, deep space thing. exploration and, and putting a printer back on, well, not just the International Space Station, but putting one on the moon, putting one on Mars. Um, you know, the, the, we need people that want to do that. You know, we want people that are interested in that type of stuff. You know, we need people that are going to take over, you know, that generation and, 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 you know, see it forth, you know, from, from where it's at, you know, time to make Star Wars real, you know, and may, not Star Wars, but maybe Star Trek, make it real, you know, it's, it's about time, you know, and where I think we're getting to that point, yeah, we're getting close. you know, and, but it's like, you know, if we can continue to improve the STEM community, then, you know, we can make one new engineer now and you'll make a new aerospace engineer, you know daily yeah. you know for life at that point then, you know, then it's not like touted as this like stigma where it's like that's so difficult to do it's not just have fun and it like the, the progress will come like, yeah and you know I, I think that that brings us to the end i know we ran a little long today yeah. um a little longer than usual um so but you know the thing is is i want to thank everybody you know i we i've been looking at the, the numbers about that throughout the last month we're getting a lot of hits from different areas still. You know, some from the same areas, you know, we're pretty happy about that, you know. We we wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for y'all. We wouldn't be, you know, saying thank you if it wasn't for y'all. You know, I, I know that, you know, we definitely have some diehard listeners from different parts of the world. And, you know, hopefully maybe one day we'll do a, a, a virtual meetup or something like that. Or, you know, get everybody on board. Mm -hmm. You know, actually have a conversation, you know. And then, or, you know, at that matter. You know, we can, you know, we'll try to do an in-person meetup in, you know, some different areas once we get some stuff moving. You know, I think that's that's definitely, you know, a long-term effect is, you know, trying to, you know, travel globally to some of these, you know, different events and stuff like that and say hello to the guys, say hello to everybody. You know, kind of stick our faces out there. Um, but, you know, that's here and over there. Um, but I just want to say thank you. You know, y'all have a good night. I'm going to pass over to the guys for the final words. All right, now. I'll let you, I'll let you have the final word, but uh, mm -hmm. I'll just like to say we, we also appreciate all the support. Um, we appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. Uh, we're still trying to uh, come up with some ideas for you guys so we can uh, 
maybe if we can reach, say, 5,000, we would try to do some kind of giveaway, you know. Yeah. Uh, maybe you guys give us some ideas of some of the things you think, you know. Maybe we got a few ideas, uh, mm-hmm. but we'd also like if you guys would like some more content or if you're inter- interested in a live stream, we could do a live stream. With and, you guys. and go and go check out the the YouTube channel too yeah. for that. Yeah, if we're gonna do a giveaway. I want at least a, I want a, at least a couple hundred subscribers on the YouTube yeah. channel too. Um, yeah. And then the other thing I like to say is like like Nick was saying, far as what we're talking about, um, some of the uh, kids that are coming up now. You know, maybe maybe we get the kid that makes Skynet. You know, and maybe they make it right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm turning over to Judge. No, Thank no. you, guys. Yeah, Chat GPT dangerous. Uh, <laughs> no. Most of the time, it'll be it'll be like one of us who's just gonna put, you know, and they're making that just for so like hit play, and they're like, "Oh no, make it stop, make it stop, not good, not good." <laughs> you know, or the ones that figure out a way to make everybody else's life miserable because we think it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, but but yeah, no, guy, I, I I'm I'm very appreciative. I, I I'm very thankful for everyone listening. It's you know. Not every day do we have something that we can uh, get this information out and kind of try to promote well-being or, or growth in that matter um, in STEM and things like that. So, so thanks. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, one, one of the things that I wanted to say also is, is that if, if you have an idea of maybe a, a print that we haven't like spoken about, and you're like, hey, you forgot my printer. My printer is the longer blah, 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 this, that. That's fine. We'll talk about it. We'll, we'll shoot. I might even want to get one and look at it, see yeah. how it works. Send, send so, us, the, send us yeah. the information on it. We'll take a look. See, yeah, if you've got a printer you're passionate about, or if you have something that you think is a better printer, or you think that we're wrong about something, let us know. Yeah, we and, still are going to do the, the vacuum chamber printer. Yeah, yeah. that is yeah. still going to happen. And, so. and one other thing, uh, we we still want to have the print. Want to do the print of the of the month? Send us. Send us a picture of something you printed yeah, or, or a video, video so that we can yeah. we can take and uh, take the best um, selection of those and spotlight them yeah. and show people some of the things you created. So yeah. let's let's get the community. Yeah, Vulcan Art Tech yeah. at you know on on, on Twitter, uh, Vulcan Art Technology Solutions on um, uh, you know uh, Instagram along with the Tech at Lunch. Mm-hmm. You know, come come out, find us, anyway, know, get involved. Yeah. Send it to um, us. We'll see. And if they don't want to do that, then why don't we we could even issue a challenge. Hey, this is what we're printing this month. Everybody print it. Let's see who printed the best. Yeah, we'll post something on YouTube. Yeah. We'll do something on YouTube real quick and kind of see. Hey, this is what yeah. we printed. Um, this is a quick, you know. Hey, yeah. let's see how you did, and if you have any problems with it, let's take a look. Yeah, and so something quick. Yeah. So all right, guys. All right. Y'all have a good one. All take right. it easy. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Tech at Lunch podcast where we hope you learn something about tech during your break or during your lunchtime. If you did, please give us a follow to prevent missing future episodes. If you have any ideas or something you want to hear or learn about, please send us a show idea to podcast at vulcanora.com. Hope you have a good rest of the day and continue learning.